In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success and who to find it? That's the big question. Is it measurable? Can you obtain it? Can you dream it? Can you hold it? I'm on a quest to redefine how we view success, and I'd like to bring you on this journey. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. to be fulfilled. It's the real stories behind success. This is episode number 52 with Jeff J. Hunter. Now, he is a recovering project manager who literally outsourced his job away from having to do the day-to-day stuff. We're going to get into that from a Fortune 100 company to go on to build just an incredible company today, VA Staffer. He is doing so much stuff online from travel hacks and helping people to scale businesses. And he does it. He swears 99.9% of the time when he's not on the road in his underwear, which most of us are wearing underwear, but he does it literally with just a t-shirt and his underwear on full-time in front of a camera. So the next time you see this guy on screen, just know he's wearing his underwear and he's showing the world if it would just zoom down. Please welcome to the show, my dear friend, underwear entrepreneur, Jeff J. Hunter. And you know what? It's great they can't see anything right now because lo and behold, I am in my underwear on this podcast right now. (laughs) And your wife just walked in there and I didn't dare want to ask her if she was only wearing underwear too. I didn't think it was okay. But nonetheless, brother, welcome to the show. Another season, another awesome opportunity to catch up and figure out what are you up to? First question out the gate, so we kind of get real clear on where we're at is, what would you say your definition to success is? Wow, success. You know, that's interesting. I'd say the definition's probably shifted over the years. You know, I think having a family really changes your outlook on life. And, you know, if you would ask me this question 10 years ago, I probably would have said, I don't know, awesome job, big house, big car. And now to be honest with you, I just think to live is truly success, the ability to actually enjoy what I'm doing. And that's what I'm going to stick to. No, I, I like it. A couple of things that stood out first and foremost, honesty is always the best policy, right? So you ask somebody 10 years ago, what their definition or their vision of success is, they set out you know, especially the corporate route, where did that change for you? Was it when you were at your job, you know, working the hours you were working, doing the stuff you were doing, or was it discovered kind of once you got out and became what I love to be the guy who works 80 to get paid 40, hopefully you figured out how to make 160 times your money, but (laughs) you see for yourself an opportunity that you couldn't see in the corporate lens because you were stuck doing something that you thought was the dream, right? Just the straight dream. You know, How did that change for you? Actually, there was just this very pivotal moment in my life. It was, I remember the day. It was leap day, February 29th of 2016. You know, I had already started to outsource my job, as you said. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I was doing so well at my you know Fortune 100 project management job that I had become a top five project manager in the company. And I was working, like you said, tons of hours, 12, 16 hours a day until I realized, okay, I could actually have someone do all these other things for me. But the problem was, is that I still had a brand new baby on the way. You know, my son was born in 2012. And I felt like I really never had time to spend my family, even when I was outsourcing everything. And my wife and I had been trying to have another child. And just, we were just having so many problems, you know, with that. And my grandfather was dying and my dad was diagnosed with cancer. And it was just like everything in life felt like it was going wrong. And when I asked for some time off to go spend time with my grandfather, who was literally dying. They wouldn't let me, they just wouldn't let me. And it was one of those moments where, you know, I just had to make a decision, you know, what are my priorities in life? And I, year old something packed up my family (laughs) and my wife and my three-year-old son and moved in with my parents for 30 days, my grandparents for 30 days. It was probably one of the most depressing moments of my life, moving back in with your parents as a 30-something-year-old successful six-figure project manager. And then I ended up taking my family to the Philippines for 30 days to say, you know what, I'm just going to go all in on what I'm passionate about. And I think that was the huge light switch for me was realizing that, you know, I could actually, what I want to do in my life, be rewarded for it and have fulfillment, which I think is, you know, considering I'm on the Be Fulfilled podcast, I think that that's probably the biggest shift that I've found in my life is, you know, I wanted to be fulfilled and I just wasn't. 
You know, Jeff, it's pretty remarkable, right? You have to humble yourself, one, to leave, and then you're like, all right, fine, I'll go move in. Now I'm sitting in somebody's house like, I used to be here when I was a kid. Now I'm back here as an adult. Now I'm living here. It feels really awkward. But let me ask you something. There's, I think there comes a time in our life where we just have to give up the fight and like stop doing what looks good to everybody else and humble ourselves to do what is right for our family. And so I want to commend you for maybe not looking the way that you wanted to look, but let me give you a really clear vision of life. I fucking have zero clue how it's all going to work out. I just have a faith and a belief and a trust in God that it's going to work out. Sorry to drop the F-bomb, but the reality check for me is every single day, I have to remind myself, I'm not here by accident. This interview isn't happening by accident, and you're not an accident in my life. You are meant to be in my life. Now, what happens from it is ultimately up to us and our decisions we make, but the decisions you made to put yourself and your family in a position to succeed is why you're a guest on this show today. See, the story probably wouldn't be told the same way if you weren't outsourcing your job and you were just clocking in and clocking out living life you probably wouldn't be telling the same story. So everything you've gone through has gotten you to this exact point. So all of it had to happen so you could humble yourself enough to know that it's all about the being fulfilled, but it's all a part of your journey, which makes that your story. And that's what I'm fascinated by. Yeah, amen. You know what? (laughs) This has been the most challenging year of my life. You know, I started out losing the biggest contract I had. You know, the reason I left my corporate job was because I had this really awesome big corporate client and they employed like they were a, you know, multi six figure contract for me. And, you know, that completely that one client basically replaced my whole income from my last job. (laughs) Right. And in the beginning of this year, December, actually December 29th or something, I got a call and, you know, they gave me the 30 day notice that they got a new sales VP and that they're reevaluating sales enablement contracts. Well, guess what? I did sales enablement for them. I helped them get leads. Like I had my team of virtual assistants, like basically working with their sales development reps to like scrape leads off LinkedIn and help them do prospecting. And when they were pulling back their budgets and they sliced us, like I had 10 people. I had 10 people that I either had to fire or find jobs really quick. (laughs) I have to give a shout out to Jack Welch who said something to one of my clients. And I think that looking back, like the reason why I haven't, why I probably was very complacent in where I was is because I wasn't panicking fast enough. Every day I woke up thinking, this client's going to be forever. You know, like, why do I need to plan for something else? I've got this awesome client. And then when the rug was pulled out from underneath me, I was like, oh, crap, you know, and I had to make some quick things. So I really have worked really hard this year to build my own personal brand and kind of step out. You know, when you're from the corporate world, like you having a brand is like toxic. It's like dangerous to the company. It's, I had to have a, a separate LinkedIn profile and a Facebook profile because I was always worried like, man, they're going to see that I'm on a hustle. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, it's so crazy because the behavior you're, you're kind of showcasing or you're at least telling me is, and I'm not saying this is you, this is just me and what I hear is very much the alcoholic. I have mm. to live two lives. I got to live the life that the world sees and then the inner turmoil life that I live. So if we classify that as an entrepreneur wanting to be an entrepreneur, you know, you're hoping you make enough money at your part-time that one day it can become your full-time because that's the dream that you have. So for me, how my brain is hearing you is that had to be really difficult to go every day to work. And you're kind of like, you're Jekyll in one moment, you're Hyde in another moment, and you're kind of trying your best to not give it all away. I just want to dive in. We're going to go just really quick up Success Mountain today because I'm going to wind sprint with you. I think we can get to the top fast, get all the good lessons coming back even down faster. What was it like when they told you or you told them it was your day? Like, see a piece out, I'm done. <laughs> you know what? Oh, man, I'm getting emotional thinking about it right now. But, you know, ironically, when I was on top of my game at the company and I was mentoring six other project managers at the same time, when my, you know, quote unquote colleague, project manager who became my boss, he kind of knew that I was doing this thing on the side. Hmm. And the first thing he did when he became my boss was write me up. I was put on a performance improvement plan. (laughs) And it was a 90 day plan on how I'm going to, you know, everything, which was crazy because I was already a top producer, but you know, whatever. But I remember like feeling so undervalued at my job and I felt like so taken advantage of 
And this is just me and my ego talking, of course, right? But I remember, like I said, February 29th, it was leap day. It was the night of, so right before, you know, the 28th. And it it had seeped into like three o'clock in the morning on the 29th. And I had written my resignation letter. And I had literally sat there at the computer crying, debating with my wife (laughs) if I'm going to send this email or not for hours. Like I had written it at like 6 p.m. It was three o'clock in the morning. I still didn't send it. I'm literally hovering over the button. Just emotional wreck. And I finally decided I'm going to do it. It was three o'clock in the morning. I friggin' hit the send button. And there was the worst and the best feeling I ever experienced in my life. The worst being, (laughs) I don't know what the heck is going to happen next. And the best being, I know at least what the heck I'm not going to be doing. So I guess that, (laughs) I don't know if that answers the question. No, it answers it. And here's the other question. So I want to know about what your thoughts were about the worst day when you lost that big contract. Because here's something I'm getting. The world's going to hear it. Maybe you'll get it after you hear it in replay. The mindset shift. There's something big that happened. So what happened when you lost your biggest corporate client? Like the biggest client that you took on after you went out, you left the corporate world, you went and got this new client, you're doing all this cool stuff for, and then you get that, hey, we're going to go in a different direction. What was the mindset like? And now what's it like today after you've had some time to digest? Well, I think my immediate first thought was, oh, crap. (laughs) Like, to be honest with you, I was just thinking about my team. I was thinking about the humble. 10 jobs that I'd have. Humble. To Very humble. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know me, but I really do treat my team like my family. And, you know, a lot of them, this is their first job. A lot of them left really great jobs to work for me. And that's one of the things that I'm very, you know, open with my team about is sharing, you know, where we're at in the company. And I remember the day when, you know, I waited a couple of weeks to tell them, because I was hoping that, you know, things would turn around and that I would be able to negotiate something, but it just didn't happen. So when the reality set in that, you know, I'm two weeks away from them not having a job that I just set them down. You know, I told everybody, Hey guys, this is what's happening. And the time I had used those two weeks to come up with a plan, like because they were doing prospecting on LinkedIn, I'm like, okay, well, I have a super strong network of entrepreneurs. I have a pretty strong personal brand at this time. And I bet you I could get all of these people replaced with entrepreneurs because guess what? Whenever I talk to my clients and guess what the number one thing they always want, they want more leads. They want more clients, right? So true. Lead generation. So, so, true. so I put together a package that was super low price, you know, 500 to $1,000 a month that any business could use to have a dedicated virtual assistant or sales executive assistant, like I call them, who works with them and just prospects for them, you know, basically three to four hours a day. And that way I could replace that one client. And if I could get each of my team members, three clients, I could replace that. Now that's 10 times three, that's 30 people that I'd have to get 30 new clients. And that was when I realized the power of being authentic and genuine and sharing the truth of your situation. And I made a Facebook post saying, Hey guys, I have an awesome team. I lost a crazy big contract. This is what my team was doing for them. I wrote a heartfelt story just of everything that was going on. And I said, I'm putting together a package or the promo price or, you know, 500 bucks a month for you guys to have a dedicated person who will work on prospecting and finding you new sales and leads every single month on LinkedIn. And I had from that one post, three days of back-to-back calls for 14-hour days of people that signed up and raised their hand and said, I want to help. And it was so humbling. (laughs) Like I'm getting emotional right now, but like it was just so humbling to know that like, A, people wanted the service, right? Of course, that's validation. And B, that people actually cared about my team and the stuff that I was going through. And that's when I realized, I said, you know, entrepreneurship is super lonely. And that post you made about (laughs) being an entrepreneur is lonely. Like no one who isn't an entrepreneur and doesn't have a team will ever know. If you're an employee, you'll never know what it's like to have a contract dry up and have to think about 10 people who are going to lose their jobs if you don't figure something out. Yeah. The other mindset is, ah, screw it. They're not my people anyways. Or if they are my people, I mean, I'm not responsible for them. Like I have to do everything for them. Like, you know, it's so crazy. Mm. So Every person who works with us here, they're family. Like when I go to bed at night, I pray for them. When I wake up in the morning, I pray for their goodness and that they have strength and courage to get through their day. 
I think of them like friends. So when I see them hurting, it hurts me. And yesterday, even just, I want to relate this because I think it's so powerful, Jeff. You're not on my show because you're some guy staffing people in the Philippines running some company. Like That's not why my friendship with you has grown. It's, it's not. It's that you have a genuine care to help people get better. That's the same path that I want to be on in my life, right? Contribution, do better by being better, by helping people get better. So yesterday, we had a team huddle. And I said, you know, you all have a voice. You have a really distinct voice. And now, however you choose to communicate it, you're responsible. And if you feel like you're not responsible at this company, I I want you to know that I take what you think seriously. So we broke into groups of two and we had everybody standing and they said, hi, blank, my name is, and I have a voice and I promise to do everything I can to use it here, especially at this company so that we can hear you, so we can understand you, so we can help you to grow because I'm just a stepping stone for where you need to get in life. That's how my life has been laid out. Somebody just said, Tony, take the next step. All right, cool. So now what do I do is I help people see the next step by showing them I'm just a stepping stone for their greatness. All I want to do is see them leap, take your leap day experience and turn it into their next career, their next move, their next life. But right now, let it be the best life right here, right now, working with you. So that's what's really powerful about what you're doing. So that's I appreciate you're in alignment, man. I feel exactly the same way. So yeah. here you are. Got some baby news on the way. Got a new baby coming soon. Yeah, December 24th. It'll be a Christmas Eve baby. So that'll be interesting. Be a nice present to unwrap. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. how long was that kind of struggle to have another kid? Six years. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't been it crazy? I think, I think part of your story today, first I use the word humble to kind of I think that's who you are at the core is you're very humble. And you may also probably say you've had to work at it, right? There's probably some things that you've had to work at because that's my nature is not to be in gratitude. It's just yeah. not. Unfortunately, I wish it was. It's selfish and self-centered. It's egocentric. It's very much that. That's me. I have survival instincts that I got to take care of. So like that getting my pulse and checking it and pausing when agitated and then seeing the opportunity, my first thought is still Tony centered. My second thought is really surface, hey, on the surface, can I go deep? It's people-centered. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, Jeff, this walk up the success mountain in six years, because you know what? I believe it's a timing thing, right? And I believe like you've heard it, like we don't get more than we can handle. I'm like, you can argue it. Maybe that's true or not. I'm just a believer that it's not on my time. Somebody asked me the other day, what time is that? I said, I don't know. My battery stopped working. It's not on my time. It's on the world's time in the universe. And what would you say has been three highlights that you've experienced since going out on your own full-time? Wow. I think the just opportunity to meet people, you know, when you're behind the corporate veil, you know, you are in your bubble of people that you work with and outside of a new project being assigned to me or whatever, you know, I just never got, I never was able to truly experience experts in different industries and just everything that goes along with business in general, you know, and you know, that shift between employee mindset. And that was, I think, one of the biggest for me. Secondly is, you know, just learning about trust and how to be guarded and careful, you know, because when I'm working at the company, like you assume everyone's doing their job, you know, and when you work with new relationship and things like that, you know, I'm always way too trusting, I found. And, you know, I've been burned a few times and I have to be thankful for the burns because I think it sculpted me (laughs) into a better person. And I honestly, I think that like what you said earlier, I think ego, maybe sometimes a little cynicism, isn't a bad thing. And it's kind of like a protective layer that we put in front of ourselves to make sure that we're looking out for ours and our own. And sometimes your own team is part of that ego, right? Like my team's the best, right? Gosh, if you don't think that's the case, go to a soccer game <laughs> or a football game or whatever. I just yeah. want to hang out with the Yankees. I got to hang out with the general manager, the GM of the Yankees last weekend. And let me tell you, man, that was some crazy pride I've never experienced in my life. When you're 100% full in and passionate about what you do, you're not going to let anybody push you down. Not everybody's going to yeah. take it away from you. You're going to fight for what you believe, even, even in the moment when you know you are right. And you don't want to be wrong. See, I spent a lifetime trying to look good to avoid looking bad. (laughs) See, the third thing comes back to the family. I think just now, you know, I've spent so much of my time leaving the corporate world and trying to help other people because, you know, like Napoleon Hill says, the fastest way to help yourself is to help others. And, you know, in my greedy sense, of course, I'm trying to take on lots of clients because I want to make sure that my family can pay the bills and I can grow my team and all this stuff. 
And I think that my biggest lesson, and it was a recent lesson, is just how important it is to work with people that you really want to work with, like people that are truly in alignment with what you do and that you feel like you can stand behind what they do. And, you know, I'd say that when I first started, I was taking on all sorts of clients, you know, people that probably weren't great fits for me, but as the saying goes, I needed the money. So I think I finally come to a place now to where I'm really excited about what I'm doing. I feel like I finally found my passion, my purpose, my focus. And it just makes me wake up excited every day, knowing about what I'm going to do and the people that I work for. So, all right, you got it. We're at a place where you got three ways we can go. We can go left, right, or up. Um, one, two, or three, your choice. What's your number you want to choose? Let's go down. We went to the top of the mountain. No, we're almost down. there. I got it. So one, two, or three, pick a number really quick. Let's go two. Uh, so two is the most influential people you follow online. Oh, so give me like three to five of good people that you follow and then why? Wow. Well, I hate to say you no, first, don't but... bypass me. Just go find, give me some other good okay. people. All right. Going to bypass you, but you are one. Thank you. Um, I think, you know, just a new relationship I've recently developed, Dennis Yu. He's a fantastic guy. He really is a nerd when it comes to Facebook ads and he's really opened up my eyes and to the inner workings of digital marketing. So I think that that's a new exploration for me. And I'm excited to where that relationship's going. Me and him even started a joint venture together doing some stuff. You know who else? This is going to sound absolutely crazy. He's probably the most odd, I don't know, opposite of who I am, but <laughs> Mitch Miller. Mitch Miller, he's a fantastic copywriter. He's really in your face, kind of dirty and just, but for some reason, I just, I like what he puts out. And I think I've learned a lot to kind of, to harness my like inner darkness, <laughs> if that makes sense. I feel like that helps me be more authentic. And I have to say, you know, Elon Musk, who love him or hate him, he's made a huge impact. He's shown me that you can set goals literally to the stars like he's doing right now. And if you truly have a strong passion, it can out live the haters because boy, does he have the haters. Um, what would you say are some traits that you've had to learn since getting out of corporate America? Some things that you've had to learn that you maybe weren't doing in corporate America that you've had to, you had to get good at quick. Oh man. You know, I think that just being able to adapt quickly, like seeing opportunities and like smashing on them and going quickly because when you're in before the corporate world, I used to work in the government. You want to talk about slow. So I think just the pace of things is so much faster. You know, when you work for a corporation, you bring in some consultant who's like going to teach everyone something new and it takes like six months to roll out. And then by the time it's there, <laughs> you know, it takes another six months. And then by the end of the year, I just, no got, one's out of that it. I just got out of that meeting. I'm just saying, but anyone who lives in the corporate world knows this. Oh. But I think just the ability to adapt fast, I think that's the one thing there's, you know, there's a reason why you keep growing up on the Inc. 5000 list. There's a reason why entrepreneurs and small businesses are really taking over and the corporations are actually not seeing the growth that the entrepreneurs are. I just think it's because we live in a world where, dude, Airbnb have no homes and they're the biggest home renter on the friggin' planet. You've got Uber who doesn't own cars, who's the biggest car you know, taxi company in the planet. Like we just live in such a transformational world where if you come up with the right idea and you can execute it quickly and get on top, like you can literally change things. So it's not even about like, that has to be the number one thing. Like anything else I have to say isn't even close to as important. If one person learns the importance of just acting fast and seeing an opportunity, boom. Love it. All right. When I mentioned Jeff Bezos, what comes to mind? Oh, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Amazon right now. I, you know, they I just raised their wages because they got so much heat. It's not even about the wages and stuff. I just think that right now, Amazon's like the bully online. And I think that it's very, very hard for people to compete with Amazon. And the other thing is that for me personally, like I have clients that are Amazon sellers and stuff, and there's just so much shady stuff that's happening on Amazon, like fake sellers and people that are buying stuff and like replicating goods and selling it. Like I just had a client who had her account. She was on a phone with me till 930 last night because her Amazon account got shut down because of a infamous quote unquote virus of Amazon. That's what he called. And he orders your stuff. He clones it. He finds out the manufacturers and then he goes and files a patent and then he closes you down because he's got the patent. So 
I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of it. Bezos, I, you know, sure, he's an innovator. Yes, he's an industry mover. He's obviously, you know, technologically gotten so much far. But when it comes to ebooks and the platform and stuff, I just feel like there's such a cutthroat on the industry. And I feel like it's stifling innovation and it's actually making it so people are just like stuck on Amazon and not learning and coming up with new things. So one of the things as we come down the mountain, I just want to say, as we head into a quick little break, I want to say, Jeff, like something's really cool. I get it every time I'm around you. You're just adaptable. So humble and an adaptable human being. You just kind of like, you want to do things your way, but you understand that there's probably the right way. And then there's the shortcut way. Like, so you did the right way. You wore a shirt for us today. So we get to see the entrepreneur underwear dress, but the underwear underneath that's all he's wearing is a shirt and his underwear. It sounds weird, but, but it is a really nice shirt. It's a dress shirt, right? No, it is. But the thing that I want to tell you how you're adaptable is that <laughs> you're least presentable, but also you're doing it your way and you're taking care of your people. See, there's something magical when you put others first. Something magical happens. Doesn't mean that you haven't taken care of yourself. It just means that you do so in such a way that is truly humbling. And so I want to take a break. What we're going to do is we're going to come back with VA staffers, Jeff J. Hunter. We're going to talk about scaling his partnership strategy, raising corporate prices and raising pricing across the board and watching what happens to your business and feeling like, oh crap, did I make the right move or the wrong move? There is no wrong moves when we come back because we're going to hear more from Jeff J. Hunter right here on the Be Fulfilled Show. Are you suffering from marketing dysfunction? Are you not able to perform online as well as you could when you were younger? Unable to keep up with the intimate demands of buying product, running offers, and shipping items to your customers? Say hello to Ship Offers, clinically proven to enhance the growth and longevity of your business. Get some today at shipoffers.com. All right, we're back on the Be Fulfilled Show. My name is Tony Grebmeyer. Special guest today, the entrepreneur, underwear dude, Jeff J. Hunter. Had a chance to have Jeff come on stage a little over a year ago in an event that I ran here in Denver, Colorado. What I loved is like, he's like, sure, I'd be happy to speak. He gets up and just like in two minutes, everybody's like, dude, this is good stuff. Everybody's <laughs> like focused. And like, I didn't know what to expect. I just see my friend up on stage, just, you know, talking. And next thing I know, everybody's like, oh, so how do we figure this kind of stuff out? I'm like, let me give you the formula. That's a cool thing that I've also discovered about you. You're always willing to just give because you know, you receive so much more by giving, right? So yeah. that's the other piece. So we're going to talk about it. Humble, adaptable, and just a true giver, right? So you get those things back when you give those things away, right? So I yeah. just want to say thanks. That's just my aha moment today, just talking to you. So I want you to, to make sure those words stick with you so that they always resonate when you're feeling like, man, I'm stuck. Just remember who you say you are and how you show up in the world and how the world perceives and sees you. Not the way that the world wants to stomp on us by leaving us negative comments on our wall or sending us bad tweets or any of that. All that kind of stuff comes from a place of insecurity. As long as you're secure with who you are and how you show up, dude, you're doing this broadcast in your underwear. I hope you're damn secure. Uh, <laughs> you know, you just have to have a certain thing about you. And so I just want to tell you that. I hope that you get that today. All right, brother? Thank you. I do. All right. So we're back. <laughs> Joe's awesome. Thing I want to know, tell me what it's like running a team, multiple teams, Tons of time zone differences. Maybe you figured out the time zone for you. I just know it's a time zone thing. How's it been running a company like in the Philippines and making treks back and forth? You know, this has been the best year for the business from a staffing, I guess, perspective, because I started hiring this year from really awesome tech companies. So like my most recent hires this year have been recruits from Shopify. You know, one of my project managers who I'm really excited about, and I'll give her a shout out, Rain, because she really means a lot to me. You know, she used to be the very first person that Shopify hired to do their outsource like support. And she grew that team to 200. And then uh, she got recruited to work for Google as a project coordinator. And I was fortunate enough <laughs> to snag her because one of my team members that I hired earlier in the year work for like the biggest outsourcing company over there. And they were the ones that were working with Shopify and Google and all these other people to build their accounts. Well, I found out this really cool strategy, which is once you hire like the top of the top of the top, like it makes waves in that company. And wow. people ask, they're like, huh, interesting. And, you know, ethically, I never thought about recruiting or poaching people. But, you know, right now, Tony, and I just want to be straight up and I don't know when people are going to be listening to this, like, but I'm assuming if it's 
you know, here in the present, like the economy has never been stronger. And it is so hard to find really talented staff because they already have jobs. And like the people that don't have jobs, there's a reason why they don't have jobs, you know? And so that was my huge kind of like aha moment this year is like, I want to hire the best and the best people already have jobs and they're already providing value. So I've just kind of positioned myself in a way to where like, how could I attract people away from working at Google who gives them free lunch every day and lets them, you know, wear flip-flops or whatever? Like, how could I possibly do that? And of course, money is a big option. (laughs) And the ability to work from home in their slippers is a big option. But for me, I just started hiring more people that are used to working during American hours. So now instead of having to do client calls and things like I was doing, you know, even up to last year, actually, even up until January, February of this year, I was doing client calls. Like now I have a whole project management team that I've built out that are already proven. They've worked at Uber, they've worked at Shopify, they worked at Google, they worked at, you know, Taskus and these huge outsourcing companies. And that's what they did all day was work with these big names. So they already have high standards. Now those people are actually the ones who are coordinating with my clients and doing project management. And I'm able to be my creative self and keep developing out new products and packages and focus on my own personal brand, which has, you know, just catapulted everything I've been doing. So what's the brand? Where's it going? What are you up to? Well, you know, being the king of outsourcing, it's been fantastic. But the problem with being the king of outsourcing is that everybody just expects me to be really good at building teams for cheap. Like that's what people think of like, wow, he can really outsource it. But that's not what I'm about. And so I'm actually launching a new company. And oh my gosh, I guess I got to reveal it. This will be the first time, but I have a new company called brandedmedia.io. And it is basically all the stuff that I've learned in outsourcing for marketing agencies and these bigger brand clients that I've got. You know, I've got high-end graphic designers and people that, like you said earlier about how I love to give. Well, one of the things that I do to give is I put together really strong lead magnets, right? Like I put together guides and templates and things that people can download. And I have a, who builds out all these like opt-in pages, like, Hey, do you want this guide and all that kind of stuff? And I'm doing it for myself and I'm getting huge results. And I was like, well, this is what all my clients want because every time they go through, they're like, Oh, I want that too. (laughs) So I realized too, that The big shift for me this year, Tony, and I think you'll probably appreciate this, is that instead of being the guy that people go to because they're tired of doing all the stuff that they don't want to do, I've transitioned and transformed a new company called Branded Media that helps people do the stuff that they don't know how to do. So I've gotten out of the stuff that people don't want to do and got into stuff that people don't know how to do. So it obviously requires a different type of person, people that have a lot more higher skill set. And <laughs> that's why I raised my prices in the first place. So I could hire that work out for you. Well, <laughs> funny you say that. <laughs> now that I've lost like almost 40% of my client base by raising my prices. Did you lose um, 40% or did you focus finally on the right percent, the ones that you can give your right attention to? Yeah. So that's the thing. The people that I really wanted to work with you know, fortunately they've stayed. There were a few that I was like, wow, I really expected you to stay because I thought you saw the value of my team. Right. But you know, the truth is I haven't raised my prices. I dude, I was $7 an hour since 2015, $7 an hour. Right. So like, it's just way overdue. And not to mention, I have a built-in project management team that's getting paid a lot of money and doesn't bill my clients for their time. And they're on calls with the clients, coordinating tasks and stuff. And it got to the point to where on $7 an hour, I mean, there was just nothing left for me, you know? So I just couldn't expand. I couldn't grow the team. I, I didn't have the capital that I really needed. So, you know, I just made a really tough decision and I worked out with different models and numbers and, you know, coaches and mentors and, you know, you're one of them. And comes to find out that most of them said, I'm probably going to lose 50% of my client base and I'm almost at four and probably more. So, but the good news is, is that if you think about it, right, I'll have less clientele, I'll have the same amount of money technically, and it'll give me the flexibility to add more onto the team and really attract the talent that I wasn't able to do for seven bucks an hour, you know? So that's basically how it went. I I just basically- So after you hit that send and you send that message out to the world, let's talk about corporate America again. Let me get you back to that, (laughs) uh uh-oh, that gut-wrenching feeling. Then it took six years to have another child. 
Let's talk about some of that waiting. How's the waiting been on you? And like, how do you do with that? Are you nervous? Are you pacing? Are you, oh my gosh, what's the world going to reject me? Like, tell me some of your thoughts. Because I think you're just like most entrepreneurs, and if not all entrepreneurs, we still fear how the world sees us. Man, I can't tell you how many times in the past 30 days I've thought about putting my prices back to the way it was. And, you know, just it's been a real challenge, you know, especially having the calls and just, you know, it's crazy because I know the value of what we're doing and the new packages that we're rolling out. Like now we're, we have such strong packages. They're proven. It's stuff that I've been working on. You know, Dennis, you flew out to the Philippines for three days and trained my team how to do this stuff. Wow. You know, it's, these are not like, <laughs> this is like the 0.01% of the talent force. And that's what I want to be known for is the virtual team, like virtual marketing team. Like I don't want people to think of just outsourcing. It's like, how can you build your business virtually? You know? And I think, yes, I've struggled and I have internal beliefs that still tell me that I'm not good enough, that I'm not worth it. And thank God I have people like you <laughs> and others in my life that slap me along the face and say, dude, you're worth it. You know? And what you're doing is, is awesome. And I think that's what it comes down to. You know, like what you said earlier, you made a post yesterday about how it's lonely as an entrepreneur. Like, yeah, it is. And it's so important that we connect together. And I think what you're doing here with Be Fulfilled and, and the people that, you know, I've been blessed to meet many of the people that you've interviewed on the podcast. And, you know, I think it's just so important to align yourself with people and not close yourself out to the world. You know, like you have to be involved, you have to be engaged because you don't just get to go over to the water fountain or whatever, you know, talking to people like, it's just not like that. Yeah. And you know, it's so crazy too. You know, Jeff, when you hit send, when you take a bold step and you go out on a limb and you feel maybe, Hey, I know I'm doing the right thing, but then I think you're not alone in the sense, like I doubt everything. I should put it back. Like, you know, releasing products or services, you wonder how the people are going to like chew them up because I was at a mastermind not too long ago where my buddy based his entire company off of like somebody would write in and say, could you make this skew? Would you make that skew? And it's totally different than everything else that they were doing. And it was like doing these one-offs. So what they found themselves doing is, well, this one person, this one person is telling me everything. So I'm going to focus all my energy on this one person, but I'm going to let the 99 other percent of my business just kind of fall to the wayside. So what I basically do is when I look at my fantasy football on Sunday and it says I have a 1% chance of winning, I'm sitting there. All right. So what's going to happen is the guy's got to score 10 touchdowns. Like, let's be real, like never done that. Like, because <laughs> I, I have to give up that sometimes like I'm not that 99% and I got to remind myself, I got to get back to the masses. It doesn't mean that I'm not focusing on that one. It just means that I got to do what I know is true to my business, true to me and true to you. And what I want to do is we're going to get into the fulfillment round in just a second. But I want to say, we jumped out of the gate talking about some of the things that you've kind of faced as challenges. You've also showed people that through adversity comes the opportunity. You got to be willing to hit send. You got to be willing to try things. You got to risk the unusual so you can live like most can't because you're making decisions and choices to do things differently for your family, for your team, but ultimately for you. You're the person you have to report to at the end of the day. You're like, all right, today was a good day, man. Thank you so much. Like gave me the opportunity to get out and change lives. And so I'm just grateful for that. So the fulfillment round's pretty simple. It's quick questions, no right or wrongs. There's no phone a friend. Please, whatever you do, do not pan this camera down to answer any of these questions. <laughs> but I want to say first, before we jump into that, thank you for just being a, just a notable guest, just coming on and being who you are. Thank you. All right. So real quick questions. This allows the audience to get to know you, no phone a friend. Just make up the answer if you don't know it. If you were the CEO today, of Amazon, what would be the one thing you would change and why? Wow. I would probably say the ebook arrangements. I think that they were really like iron fists, like really strong fisting on people on like being platform specific and like not selling it on other platforms. And, you know, you only get a small percentage of what you do. And I think that it disincentivizes people to grow their own personal brand and keep everything on Amazon. And that kind of sucks. That's probably what I would do. If I was this, actually, if I was the CEO of Amazon, you know what I would do is I would definitely down all of those little, like, you know, no employee shops because 
I don't know. There's just something, something's not right with that. And, sure. you know, living in San Francisco that's festered with poop and needles all over the ground. I think it's just, it's a recipe for disaster. What would be something you would change that you maybe got today or just kind of have a conversation? What's one thing that you would want to adapt or adjust on your team? Kind of having gone through this Be Fulfilled kind of interview process today, talking about corporate companies, thinking about the corporate life and world. What's something that you could inject into your culture? Maybe something that you thought about during our interview today? Yeah, you know what? I think one of the things that I'm not doing, which I probably should do, is I really want to set, like you said, I want to elevate my team and I really want to set like some monthly, like here's what your goal is for the month and work on that with them, whether that's them learning a new skill or developing skills they already have, or who knows, whatever it is, you know, coming up with, I think that would be really good. Right now, you know, like I always have an excuse for it. Oh, you know, it's a really busy month or whatever, but here we are in October and I still haven't done that this year. So I think that putting that in place would be really important. All right. Food. We're going to talk about food because I love food. I know you love food too. Yeah. And I just started getting back into my healthy lifestyle because this is the fattest I've ever been. So define um, fat because I don't need a number, but just define it because here's what I want to stop. I'm a yo-yo guy. You can listen to multiple episodes where I'm up, I'm down, I'm up and down, up and down. So what's one thing that you've decided to commit to instead of being interested in? What have you committed to, to changing kind of something about yourself when it comes to food? I have cut out carbs. So I am down to, you know, grilled veggies and chicken and, you know, once in a while, like some quinoa or however you pronounce it. And like maybe a, you know, a little bit of rice here and there. But yeah, basically I've just cut out carbs and totally just relieved sugar from my life. You know, I've never really had a infatuation for sugar, but it's kind of crept its way back in now that I have, you know, a kid. <laughs> well, I forget the number. I heard it the other day of the percentage that it's in all of our food. Yeah. Right? It's in, you know, almost everything that we're consuming. I mean, I was yeah. at Starbucks the other day and they're like, I just said, can I have an iced coffee? And they're like, yeah, do you want anything in it? No, I want an iced coffee. Like, but they want to just pump stuff into it and stuff into it, right? So I'm really working on that. If you haven't tried it, I, I highly recommend just getting nitro cold brew. Mm. If you haven't tried it, go there. It's 288 milligrams of caffeine. It's freaking a jolt. Oh my God. It's so awesome. <laughs> it's my new thing, and there's nothing in it but just straight coffee, five calories. Like you can go look at the facts. So if you had to take your wife out for a fun night somewhere in your hometown, why would you take her there? And what would you guys order? I'm going to throw this back at you because I have a really funny story for you. And I think you're going to appreciate this. You being a foodie, there's a restaurant you can Google. It's called Saison. Okay. This is a Michelin three star. It's right across from the giant stadium. And it's right. I mean, it's just a beautiful little spot. They only have, get this, not tables, like seats. They only have like 12 seats in the whole place. You have to make reservations months in advance. And I get this message from one of my clients and he's like, hey, you know, my friend has these reservations for this restaurant. They're already paid for. And, you know, would you like to go? They're already paid for. We'll just transfer them over to your name. I'm like, wow, uh, <laughs> I know how expensive that place is. Well, I thought I knew. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So they transferred over to my name. 30 minutes later, I get a call from the restaurant. Hi, I noticed the reservation for tomorrow night has been transferred to your name. Do you have any allergens or anything like that? I'm like, well, my wife is pregnant, so no raw seafood and whatever. And I was like, wow, that's incredible. I can't believe this place is calling me. We go down there. We're all excited. You know, like you have to check in at five o'clock. And I'm like, wow, that's an early dinner, but we'll go. We're the first ones there. And as soon as I walk in, like, You've seen Hell's Kitchen or something, right? Like yeah. these chef shows, like there's literally like a table right next to the chefs. Like there's probably like 12 people in this kitchen. And I'm like, okay, what did we just walk into? <laughs> we get in there and we are there for three and a half hours, 15 different plates brought out from like white cod and like just everything you can imagine, like lamb and, you know, like every, it was incredible. It was like a food gasm. <laughs> right? Would you and, sign up for that again, knowing what you know today? Was it worth it? Here's the, here's the end of the story. So 
afterwards, I'm like, this is incredible. And they even, because it's our, by the way, it's my wife and I's 10th year anniversary next month. And I told them that that was around the corner. And even they ended the thing with like this chocolate, like homemade, it was almost like an ice cream Snickers. And it was, it had that 24 karat like flake gold on top. <laughs> it was just crazy. And afterwards I was like, wow, this is incredible. And they brought out the bill. And I'm like, the bill, I thought it was paid for. <laughs> Turns out it's $88 just to reserve a spot per person for dinner. The dinner itself is $400. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I told my wife, happy anniversary. And would I do it again, knowing how much it costs? No. Really? But yeah. I have to say, it's probably one of like a once in a lifetime experience. Like, you know, maybe because my wife and I like, yes, we're foodies, but like my wife's fine going to Carl's Jr. and getting one of their salads, you know, like to her, that's fine. You know, fancy that my wife is going to Applebee's and getting the two for 20. <laughs> All right. So here's the kicker. Here's the, here's the follow-up. You talked a little bit about branding. Does branding actually matter? Wow. You know, funny, yesterday I got a notification on Facebook saying, one year ago, you posted this. And I said, wow, Facebook just notified me that I have 2,000 friends. Who the hell are all of you guys? Well, now I have 5,000 friends, 10,000 plus Instagram, you know, 5,000 on LinkedIn. Like I'm getting hit up for podcasts, TV shows, whatever else. And I have to say, having your own personal brand is so important, especially in the new age. Like we're in the social media age. Like it's crazy to think that even yesterday I made a Facebook just telling people like, I can't believe you're not using LinkedIn. I showed them stats that I'm getting on LinkedIn, how I'm getting sales, how I'm getting all these you know opportunities on LinkedIn. I make a Facebook post and I say, hey, if you guys want to learn how to do this, comment nine steps below and I'll send you my nine step guide. And, you know, 30 something people comment, hey, nine steps. And now I have 30 new leads, right? And I think that because right now we live in such, I guess you could say like a media age, like hyperinflated social media age, that building your brand, like, and because every single day you go on Facebook or whatever, you see these Facebook ads of people and it's the same story. Like two years ago, I was living in a truck and I was selling pizza and whatever else. And you're like, man, I'm getting so tired of these things. And having a personal brand is what really differentiates us from yeah. the competition. And I think that's another thing that I had to go back to those three questions you said about leaving corporate world. I didn't care about my competition when I was living in the corporate world. I didn't give a damn. But now that I live outside the box, now that I'm a quote unquote entrepreneur, I've realized how important it is mm -hmm. to truly stand out against your competitors. That's why we got the entrepreneur in his underwear today on the big show. <laughs> That's Jeff J. Hunter. My name's Tony Grubmeyer. One of the fascinating things Jeff just laid out, you know, a year ago, 2000 friends, you know, now five constantly having to clean up, update, fan page blowing up, life, media, all that good stuff. What you have to really understand is if you want that life that's available to anybody at any time, you have to give up something to get it. And he's done that. And he's also made some sacrifices along his journey to really say, hey, you know what? I want to do things right. I want to do things differently. We talked about some other companies in corporate America. But really what I want to focus in as we close the show today is that Jeff J. Hunter is really about helping people scale businesses. He's got just an amazing company, VA staffer. You can learn more. We'll drop the links in the show notes how you can tap into the resources. He had to raise prices because he realized $7 wasn't fair enough to pay his people the amount of money that they deserve because it's all about the team. It's all about helping people to scale. But he also realizes he was undercharging for the amount of work that was being done and just, hey, you know what? Business is business. But the thing that comes through so crystal clear, humble, servant, adjustable, somebody who's just really caring, who wants to be a giver is that at the heart of who Jeff is, is somebody that you would want to become friends with. Somebody who is shy. He doesn't just get on stage just to get on stage and just be like, hey, I'm on stage. He's trying to grow who he is as a person. And, and he's been through so much adversity. I've seen the guy weep and cry. I've seen the person say, I just don't know the answer, but raise his hand to say, I would love to know it. Like That, to me, tells me the type of person Jeff is. So Jeff, as we wrap up the show, Know that you serve in such a way that I actually respect it. Now, I may not 100% line up with everything you say or do in your underwear, 
but that doesn't take away from the person that you are and the person that I see you trying to be every single day is a better version of your yesterday self. And I just want to say thanks, brother, for coming on the show, giving who you are, sacrificing your time, money, and energy, be on a podcast, to spend time you know, doing something that I know is fun for you. I know that we get a lot out of helping each other to grow and it's a give and take. It's not a one-way street. So thank you for being a guest today on the show. Thank you. And you know, in closing, that's right. You know, a lot of people wouldn't guess that about me because I've been out the last year. I've been doing stuff, but like, you know me personally, how hard it is. Like, even for me, like to get up on stage, I remember damn near crying when (laughs) I got up on stage with you at that event in Denver. And, you know, like afterwards, just hearing the feedback and hearing how much people appreciated what I was sharing with them. And I think that the thing kind of being an ambivert, like I'm a introvert by nature turned into an ambivert, I guess, is that if you're struggling with that, if you're really struggling with that, maybe this is parting advice to any entrepreneur. If you're struggling with getting out there and being present and building your own personal brand, think about the impact that you can make and how much impact you're not able to make if you don't step out and be your own. So that's what drives me. It gives me the power to think that every time I'm speaking or sharing something that people are growing and I'm impacting them in a positive way. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff J. Hunter, everything you want to know about him is going to be dropped in the bio. You can find that at TonyGrubmeyer.com. Until next time, no matter where you go, no matter what you do at the deepest, deepest level, I ask you to go make today the absolute best day of your life. You're not promised tomorrow, nor are you promised anything. Until next time, peace out. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at trainersanddrivers.com and download my free mini course designed to give you more clarity and freedom in your day. It might just change your life forever. Forever.